Welcome to the Championship Club podcast. I'm your host, Michael Casey, and co-hosting with me is a man with over 300 Championship Rugby appearances. It's Ben Gulliver. Be sure to check us out on social media at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and head to YouTube to like and subscribe to the channel. Before we kick off today's episode, I'd like to say a big thank you to our brand new and shiny sponsor, Trojan Engineering Fabrication, part of the MFH group, and you can check them out at mfhire.co.uk. And uh, welcome to the show. This is the Championship Clubs podcast. And I am sad to say that for this week, and this week only, we are without my esteemed co-host, Ben Gulliver. He's off sunning himself in the southwest somewhere on a caravan park and, uh, you know, couldn't quite make the call this week in between glasses of rosé. But uh, yeah, normal service will be resumed with Gully next week. But glad to say we've got a, a cast of plenty to make up for Gully's absence. Uh, and I'll go around the room introduction, introducing people. We're going to start off with Gareth Allred. Gareth is the uh, Chief Operations Officer at Bedford Blues. He's also been an integral part behind the scenes of this podcast. The uh, the more keener fan might have remembered him from our, our Champ Rugby Lions selection that we did uh, did last month. Uh, but Gareth also has had uh, a pretty heavy role in the uh, the production and the uh, I guess the deciding of how the streaming was going to work this year for the championships. So Gareth, uh, great to have you on the show. How, how are you getting on down there at Goldington Road? Yeah, all, all good. We're in our lovely porter cabin, so apologies for our background, but yeah, very good to be with you, Mike, and stepping in for Gully. Um, yeah, I always knew he'd let you down at some point, so uh, <laughs> glad to be here. Uh, so just talk a little bit. Obviously, the the streaming deal, Gareth, has been uh, it's been a, a revolution, I guess, for the championship. It's been very very new to all of us, with the exception of the. Past. Pirates, who of course dabbled in that market before. Um, you've been quite a, a key voice in uh, getting the deal over the line and some of the uh, the discussions that were had pre-season that got us to where we are. Talk us through how you think it's worked and how you think it's gone this, this year. I mean, it's been a bit of a crazy journey, hasn't it? Um, I think, you know, none of us thought we would be here, um, let alone 12 months ago, 24 months ago. And I think we all adapted very well and very quickly to be able to um, keep engaged with our supporters and be able to deliver the best product available at, um, you know, it'd be fair to say, championship funding budgets. So, um, yeah, delighted with being able to to pull something off this season and and bring live matches to our audience. Certainly from Bedford's point of view, it's worked very well. Uh, We've been very lucky to have our commentator, Sam Roberts, um, doing all our games but there's been a plethora of good commentators around the league um, which has definitely helped the value um, but it's been really imperative that we managed to bring those games to to our audience. We're very lucky with our support base, but I think the whole league, we needed to make sure we still had a voice, make sure we had a platform um, for people to watch Championship Rugby and see our value. And of course, that's been a little bit of the mantra of this show, which of course you've had a, bit, a big role in behind the scenes. Um, nothing like throwing uh, a colleague under the bus, but uh, can you tell us much uh, of the plans for next year? Are you? I know there's discussions ongoing Um has there been anything confirmed or anything that you can share in terms of next year's broadcast or anything? Yeah, I mean, probably not too much on share. Uh, I'll mention the podcast first. I mean, obviously, it was, it was yeah something we wanted to put together at a very early stage, both streaming, um, production, planning, podcast, and there's a bit of an opportunity in the marketplace. Unfortunately, RFU didn't really uh, go with that, and we set up our, ourselves like we did originally with the streaming and a 24-7 and Ticket Co., and we decided to hit the ground running. Uh, thanks to, to you and Gully for, for probably, and Kev Amtel, putting your hands up first and, and kind of running with it. I think you've done a great job and, and really promoted it. Um, and got different people talking, got the players excited, got different voices um, talking about the league and showing its value. We all know the development tool that the Championship provides, and I think this podcast has demonstrated that with some of the incredible guests we've managed to pull on um yeah great to be involved with with finding that but 
In terms of next season, um, look, I can't say too much. We, funny enough, there was there's just a meeting this week around it. I think it's important that Championship continues to have the opportunity to be viewed and whether that's a linear proposal, um, something more, you know, similar to what's happening with the playoffs um, or whether that's a live streaming um, product uh, is still to be decided. Obviously, our first and foremost priority has to be getting supporters back into the grounds. Um, you know, as great as live streaming has been, it's not going to pay the bills. Um, so, you know, it needs to be in there as a mix, but we need fans back um, back at Goldenton Road or Castle Park or, or wherever that is. Um, so I think a mix for me, the, the priority has remained that um, we need to reach the largest, largest audience possible to showcase the championship. And part of that would be a highlights programme. Very keen that we, we manage to get that off the ground next season. Uh, and we're working both as, as the CCC, um, but also with other clubs and other partners to be able to make sure that that happens. What that looks like still to be decided. But um, yeah, I think we'll be in for an exciting year, albeit a transformational year. Uh, unfortunately, we're in for a very strange 12 months to follow even and probably 12 months that will decide the direction of the championship. Well, a lot said there. And um I guess that uh, all listening to this podcast will be watching on with sort of on tender hooks for, for announcements that will come out from the clubs and from Central. Uh, you referenced it there that the, the product that we have put out on the live stream this season, both on and off the pitch, I believe has been on a first order and uh, two gents that have been at the coalface of that uh, delivery are joining us on the show today. I'm going to come up first to uh, Jack, Jack Zorab, Rugby Journal Deputy Editor and Championship commentator for Saracens this season. Jack, we're delighted to have you on the show today. How have you found uh, your experiences of streaming the championship this season? And uh, what have you made of the former European champs playing in the second flight? Yeah, hello, everybody. Um, firstly, Casey, thank you so much for having me on. It's it's right at the start of the season. I thought I, I wanted to be on. I thought, do I dare even put myself forward? And uh, I bottled it, I have to say. So I'm, I'm honestly thrilled to join you and, and fantastic work you've done as well this this uh year it's been great to have that regular touch point to uh check in and um difficult for us of course replacing ben gulliver you've taken three people to replace one man but uh we'll, we'll do our best yeah it's been the best uh rugby season in the commentary box I'll, i've ever had to do the championship this year um principally that that's because of ben Ham has been able to cover one team uh consistently and that's that's really nice to build that relationship. Um, Saracens happens to be the the two-time European Championship champions, three-time European champions, um, and it's been it's been an incredible ride to see how they have taken to the league and how much enjoyment they the club has has had uh, competing in the championship. And I think right from the start, um, it was obvious that they wanted to play the fullest role possible in in the league, and and all their players. And all their staff really threw themselves into it. I mean, the the, the co-commentators I've had to the pleasure of being alongside in the championship uh, at Saracens has, has been unreal. I mean, Alex Lewington, right from the start, we had Juan Figaggio, um, we've had Poppy Cleal, um, we've had uh, uh, Will Hooley. There's been um, uh, Harry Sloan. You see a real mix of a real mix of players, and and everyone has has you know come to it and been really excited for it, and 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 had the best laugh. I mean, Ben Earl came back from Bristol um, just because he wanted to watch watch Saracens again, uh, and the only way he could do it because the COVID protocols was to work. So he was he was a co-commentator with us for a while. And and yeah, it's it's been great. And um, what what a league it is. And I, I think it's I think the broadcasters obviously helped 
a, a wider audience. I don't think it's increased numbers on a normal season because no fans have been in. So the core fans haven't had that haven't had that touch point, which is a great shame. But those players and people who who, who didn't perhaps follow the league as much have had that extra touch point and have seen the footage. And and I think hopefully that sort of flavour of the league and it's it's fun and the uh, the lack of um, the lack of uh, any sort of um, ego from anyone has just shone through, hasn't it? And and we and Dave, who's about to be introduced. Uh, as well as we've had so much fun up there. And I just hope that that's come across. And I know there's been forms that people have fed back into a bit. I just hope that that's come across um, on commentary. I think it has. I think it has. But you never quite know. Hopefully it has. No, I'd, uh, I'd certainly agree. And uh, yes, your oppo today, a man who can be described as an icon, showstopper, main event. Excellence of execution. The best there is, the best there ever will be. Dave Rogers, how are you doing on earth? Uh, thank you for tipping it with that introduction. We've crossed paths at uh, both Ealing and Hartbury today. And uh, I, I think that's a completely apt and just introduction. How, how are you? And thank you for joining us on the podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. A couple of things to tick off there. Firstly, Jack, I had no idea you were deputy editor of Rugby Journal. Congratulations. There you go, mate. That's our latest front cover. Thank you very much. <laughs> Oh, you just happened to be there, did it? In just the background. happened to be there. I, I, you know, it, it was just there, so I... I... Also, um, Casey, there'll be a few people being like, oh, yeah, of course, that's Brett the Hitman Hearts introduction. But for everybody else, they'll be thinking, what a Wally. Um, but yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Um, and well, just carrying on from uh, what Jack said there. Yeah, it's it's certainly been the most fun and most enjoyable uh, season I've had in the commentary box too. Um, something to add to what Jack said as well is I think we need to say a huge thank you to the supporters who put their hands in their pocket every week because, yes, they haven't been able to to contribute in the way that they, they normally would with regards to bar take and ticket money. But, you know, tenor a match, it's it's all gone to... A good cause. I mean, the best possible cause, which is keeping some of the clubs in the league alive. So, so a huge thank you. But um, right, Hartbury and Ealing Trailfinders, obviously two very different clubs, two clubs at opposite ends of the table. But I think both have done a brilliant job this season. They've certainly made me feel incredibly welcome and just just flung the door open really as as you did at the beginning of the season uh mike when we spoke everybody i've been in contact with everybody i've been in communication with has just thrown the door open they told me about players they've told me about the club they've told me about progress and where they want to be and i just feel as though even in this truncated season with with some of the clubs going through massive transitional periods and having to almost phone entire squads in at the start of the season that that identity has has remained and that and that core of the championship has, has sort of still shone through um in terms of Hartbury it's been amazing to jump in and cover their their championship rugby because I've got to know a lot of their players over the years through through the ace program and and Buck super rugby and it's it's great to see so many of those who've been there since 16 now playing championship rugby and playing their hearts out every week and they got some really good results. There was a point in the match, you know, Mike, where I thought they might turn your lot over. They had those penalties in the corner and then they gave away back-to-back penalties and you scored the try that, that eventually sealed the game. And then with Ealing, um, I think Trailfinders are quite a misunderstood club and I think you getting Wardy on this podcast was really, really helpful in terms of explaining what they're all about. I thought he 
described the the entire sort of journey incredibly well and now if you look what they're doing with the academy and working with brunel university and um the the women's program as well in college and university I, I just think they're a great club and i think it's a league littered with with great clubs and and fingers crossed when we get back to normality that that recognition and that and that quality will continue and we can all crack on with doing our little part and making it great let's hope so um obviously guys um it's fantastic to have you both on here having covered both saracens and ealing uh, in depth this season first leg of the playoffs at the weekend um i'll, I'll admit i was surprised at the final score i thought that uh, ealing yeah. would have been um more competitive in, in the fixture um i mean dave feel free to go first what were your takeaways from from leg one I think we've got to put it in a bit of perspective um, in so much that, yes, I, I was surprised by the, the scoreline. And yeah, if I'm honest, I thought it would be a comfortable Saracens victory. Um, I, I thought and, and maybe hoped that Ealing would get a little bit closer and there'd be something to play for at the Stonex, mainly because we've had so many great games in the championship this year. I just wanted it to be that sort of climax and that crescendo that, that we all sort of hoped that it would be. But that Saracens team would go deep in Europe, let alone in the championship. I mean, the talent on display from 1 to 23 is is unbelievable. Was it, was it 12 or 13 internationals in the starting 15, Jack, off the top of my head? I think it, I think it was 13. Yeah. Was 13. Uh, and then just, just lads who, as you said, Jack, have just taken to to the championship they've not shirked their responsibility i think they got their shot down at pirates and since then they've they've been exemplary um so it's 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 a similar argument to that to that six nations argument isn't it it's like everyone thinks that maybe italy should should have a shot in the league below and, and georgia should get a shot in the in the, the league above but when they play against each other it's italy that always comes out because they're used to playing against that quality opposition there is exceptional quality in that trail finders team and i think anybody who's watched them this season will will know that but there are so many of those saracens players who've just done it every week for season upon season upon season and i just feel as though trail finders are always going to come up short in that instance because they are playing against quality sides. There are a lot of quality sides in the championship, but not as many as there are in the Premiership and and European rugby. So, yeah, I think they'll be disappointed. I was certainly disappointed because I'd have loved a contest, but uh, I, I'm not sure there's, there's there's a lot more to say, really. It's just a, a bit of a shame. Is that a bit eggy to say it's a shame? I don't, I don't know. I, I guess there maybe was, I guess, for the championship purist, I hope that it would be more competitive. I think that with discussions around ring fencing at the moment, and more, this is maybe artillery for those that are pro it to say that there needs to be, that the, 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 the gulf is there. But as I think you've rightly referenced, Saracens are not typical of a relegated premiership side. Jack, did you have anything else on the, on the game from, from the weekend? Uh, no, I'll keep it really, really brief. But I was shocked that it was 60 nil. <laughs> I really thought that Ealing would would have something to play for, even at come sixty minutes was my expectation. Because in the two matches that they had in preseason, they 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 won both of them. They were that's when they turned it on at sixty minutes. But that said, Ealing for twenty minutes played really well. I mean, Dave, maybe it was the best they'd even played all season in those first twenty minutes. They almost had a try. Uh, could have had another one with Max Bodily, and and they were brutal in defence. And Casarasons just played on an on another planet. They, they, it was a planet that had it had its own moons and comets going around. They, they were that good. I I just blown away by by how good Saracens were. 
I feel yeah, as... And looking at... Sorry, man. I... So looking at Ealing's results throughout the season, it's usually a lot of the games, Doncaster being one, Coventry being another, Bedford off the top of my head as well. They were quite competitive for 50, 60 minutes, but that was when Ealing's quality really shone through. Um, Max Clemenson from Hartbury described it as an avalanche, and it just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. Um, but they were never really going to have the opportunity to do that against Saracens, were they? Um, you, you said it there, Jack. They were they were exemplary for, for 20 minutes, but eventually you, you run out of steam. Saracens almost out-healing dealing in that sense, yeah. in terms of the way that they played. Yeah, um, I think I think it'd be really interesting. Sorry, Mike, was just uh, yeah. Uh, it's not the the point of this conversation, but we all know how exciting a Worcester or Newcastle uh, fixture maybe against Ealing Wood would have been, and where that would have gone. Uh, it does highlight where Saracens are, and as you said, that's a team that, that potentially wins Europe. Um, so or has won Europe. So uh, it shouldn't be too surprising. It does also highlight the huge funding gaps and structures, and 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 you know with that's a that's a different conversation. But the um, yeah, we all know that they're still funded by PRL, and you know the funding of that versus the uh, nigh on 150,000 for the championship this year is uh, is probably where one of the heavy hits and differences is, in my opinion. Well, I think uh, what I'm noticing that we've we've got the basis of a very strong podcast here already, but I have and we have got a subject of today's uh, episode, if you like, and that is to put together a a team of the season, a 15 of the season. Uh, I think that between us, we've got uh, a wealth of minutes watched and uh, observed and commentated on, and I have also got Ben Gulliver's side here on my phone. So I think we're going to go from 15 to 9, 1 to 8, I want a name from everyone. Hopefully, there will be a majority um, and we will pick this 15 um, with justification. And if there are any split decisions, we will thrash it out until I eventually pick which one I decide to go in that position <laughs> as the final vote. So, um, yeah, pens at the ready and notebooks at the ready. So we'll start off with uh, 15. And uh, Gareth, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, yeah, just qualify first. Us four picking a team seems a bit unfair and might take a lot of, me and Mike particularly, may take a lot of abuse from our director of rugby's head coaches and players. <laughs> so uh, really look forward to that, considering, uh, yeah, don't have anything to do with picking the team here. Oh, well, um, my, my, thankfully so... mine's uh, 1 to 15 Doncaster Knights, so I'm, I'm going to be in the good books. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's a, it's a nice place to start then for me um, because I'm not going to play this card very often, I promise. But uh, yeah, I mean, put simply, our 15 is the best in the league. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rich Lane is is, is pretty special. Uh, he's uh, got back to his best form and started ripping teams apart, um, which has been fun to watch. Um, the Bedford style of play is it, it's pretty nice to uh, to enjoy when it's on a nice sunny day. In fact, today would be just our conditions um, to watch those boys throw it around. Um, he's been a safe pair of hands, great kicking game. And um, yeah, I think has, has really stepped up as a senior player in our squad as well. Honourable mentions to people like Scott Van Breda coming back to Jersey. But my pick is uh, is Rich Lane. Open the floor, gents. Um, you two go and I'll finish off with my pick. I had Rich Lane written down. I I, I have I just put three three options at fullback. There's been some good performances there, haven't there? David Johnson for Ealing's been, been really good. Um, but he hasn't had the X factor that Rich Lane has had. I think that's fair to say. Um, Elliot Obatoyimbo has been one of Saracen's best players this season. He's been absolutely incredible. And 
yeah, I can't wait to see what lies in wait for his career. But Lena has, has yeah, he's been so good to watch. And uh, it was a bit of a shame, Gareth, wasn't it, that against Saracens, he only sparked in maybe a couple of the moments. But um, but still, he yeah. did spark. And uh, everyone, against everyone else, he's been brilliant. Yeah, Rich Lane. It was good, very good shot. Your answer, Gareth, sounded a bit like uh, defend the indefensible on... Um... <laughs> I'm fighting to talk. Uh, <laughs> Lane's been great, but I, with my 15, um, I've just gone with people who I've loved watching this year. And Louis Brown at Cov, I think he's been awesome. I love the fact that he just runs pretty much everything and just gets the attack going. And when he needs to kick it, he's got a cannon and loves a spiral. And I think that is a massively underestimated skill, a lost art. So um, I'm happy to go with Lane, but honourable mention for Louis Brown. I think he's been superb. This is great, Dave, because you, 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 we've got different philosophies at play here. Now you're, you're going for how a player makes you feel. And yeah, always. I, I really like that. I like that approach. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I do because I think that might open it up to some of the maybe the less headline grabbing players and some of those that uh, you know that you need that more qualitative appreciation of than scored how many tries. But no, um, I, I deliberately went with Gareth with this one first because I'm expecting a few Bedford selections coming from him, but I don't have any arguments at all with Rich Lane. Um, Johnston was uh, was also Ben Gulliver's choice, so I think perhaps um, he, um, the Ealing fullback will take. Uh, Second place there, David Johnson. But first selection of the uh, of the Championship Club podcast, we will go with Rich Lane. Um, moving on to 14. And uh, Jack, I'll let you start us off on this one with uh, our right wing selection. This is exactly in the in the um, area of how, how this player makes me feel. And you'll like this one, Mike. Uh, Carl Evans uh, has, been, has been wicked every single time I've seen him play. I love his physicality. Um, I love his tattoos. I love uh, some of the lines he cuts. And uh, I would hate to play against him. I mean, yikes. Small guy, but he can hit, can't he? So yeah, really, he'd be my, he'd be my pick, and that's that's having watched Alex Lewington play this season as well, who is a joy to watch. But um, I'd pick I'd pick Carl Evans. Great stuff, Dave. We'll uh, we'll bounce to you next. Uh, I do like Kyle from Pyle, but this. So I've, I've gone with a few left field choices, I think, and I I don't know how much love you guys have given Am Till. But, um, and he's not played all the games this season, but I just love watching Spencer Sutherland. I think he's absolutely electric. He's got tiny little matchstick legs. I've got no idea how he lasts uh, 80 minutes of rugby. I mean, Kernahan has started every match bar the, the playoff for Freeling Trailfinders. He's a sort of massive cog in that backline wheel. But, you know, Ealing and Saracen's players in the team of the year, it's a little bit boring, isn't it? So uh, Spencer Sutherland gets a, a vote for me. Gareth. Yeah, uh, I think Sutherland's played more on the left, actually, interestingly. I think they've uh, got a player, Brown, uh, who actually, game I played against, uh, watched mm. against Doncaster when I was down there. Um, actually, he's got some X Factor uh, as well. Um, and at Amtel, it's quite difficult to get the ball wide. So if they're standing out, they're doing a good job. So uh, yeah. fair play to them. But my my mention, I mean, look, we could pick a Saracens team for team of the season. I mean, you could probably pick it in the Prem. They're that good. I think Alex Lewiston has been unreal. He's also a championship product. So a uh, big fan of that with his time at Nottingham. Um, Alex O'Meara has featured a couple of times in our team of the week. Um, and again, if you went for um, Jack's and Dave's How They Make You Feel, uh, I mean, he can sidestep in a phone box. So uh, always, always a good player to have. But I'm going to go Lewinston, actually. Lewinston would be my pick. 
So we're going to have the I'm first. With that. Yeah, we're going to have the first position, and we're two positions in where we're going to have to take the debate a little bit further. The two that I've written down and in this order, and okay, I, and I'm not going to do this. I'm not genuinely going to pick Doncaster players all throughout. But Kyle, for me, has been a revelation for us this season. Obviously signed from Merthyr in the Welsh Prem last year, and kind of you know very sort of unremarkable campaign this year. He's come in, he's got something like six in his first four games. Obviously that includes the pre-season, the Trail Finders Challenge Cup campaign. Um, he won the Supporters Player of the Year uh, at the club here. And um, when we played Saracens, he looked by far and away our most attacking threat, you know, like breaking through tackles against, you know, as, as we've, we've talked about, one of the best defences in Europe, not just uh, in the championship this time. And uh, delighted that we've re-signed him for next season. So I've picked Kyle with Alex Lewington as my backup choice. Ben has picked Lewington. So it's going to be a yeah. choice between Ooh. Kyle Evans and... Uh, Alex Lewington. So I. Think well, you've just that... given his bio there, Mike, haven't you? You've just give, given Carl's complete bio, which uh, I, I can tell which way you're swinging. But, well, yeah. uh... So I'm going to leave this one then, because obviously Jack, me, Gully, and uh, I have all got a pick there. You two pick there. I like, you, you I like Kyle. Kyle. I like Kyle. Oh, well, that doesn't help, does it? <laughs> Well, you're going the wrong way as well. I mean, I'm all for a Welshman, obviously. Um... And that sells it then, on to 13. <laughs> He looks hard as nails, so um, put him in. Yeah, top bloke, top bloke as well. Okay, so we'll go outside centre this time. And uh, Dave, if you can kick us off. Uh, there are a lot of good outside centres, but I'm only going to talk about one, and that's Max Badilli. Um, he missed the beginning of the season with a calf injury that he might have got against Doncaster, actually, in the Trailfinders Cup. But um, yeah, came in against Hartbury, got man of the match, and in a very stacked, talented team, has probably been the first name on the team sheet. He was so close. It was one more tackle against Saracens, wasn't it, the other day on that 60, 70-metre break. Um, he's just very, very good, and I've loved watching him this season. So There, there are others I've really enjoyed up and down the league, but the Dilly for me. Um, I'm going to echo what Dave says. Max Badilly, superb. Every time I've watched him play, he's been a regular feature in our championship team of the week. Uh, he, he, when we played Trail Finders in what was the final Trail Finders game of the season, um, scored a fantastic try and set up another. Um, obviously, he signed from Exeter this time and uh, has, has looked an absolute class operator. So that's two votes for Max Badilly. Um, Gareth or Jack? jump in yeah i'll throw in um i think you know there has been a lot of standouts at 13 williams at nottingham uh has looked very good at times um i mean elliot daly uh <laughs> isn't a bad player to mention um i know i mean some somebody i don't know who it is but somebody thinks he's a fullback um i, I i'm not in charge of RFU or england selection thank god um but that guy is a i mean he's looked a class act at 13 how much time does he have on the ball um but he's only come in probably for half of it. Um, we've had two really good standout performers, actually. Um, we haven't held the shirt down because it's moved about. I mean, we had a teenager through the Bedford uh, from our junior section. Um, Tom Litchfield, who did make it in our team of the week, uh, has been unreal. We'll go on to big things with Saints, we think. Um, and Elijah Nico, which has serious X factor. Um, played against Nottingham and he knocked it. I, I think he started running backwards to knock other players down um, just so he could get contact. <laughs> Um, but Max Badilly, I mean, he's just unreal, isn't he? Uh, looks, yeah, he would be my pick. Interestingly, I, I, I've the only gap in my squad is at thirteen because I just thought I'd lean on others. I just feel like I hadn't hadn't seen enough of of, of the thirteens in the league to know who was the standout. Badilly, I've seen play, and, and and yeah, he's 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 looked good. He's looked really good. So uh, yeah, I, I, it was blank. It was blank. That's fair enough. Well, um, 
Um, Gully has gone with Daly and then put Max Bidley at 12. So he's tried to accommodate both, but I think um, with uh, with the, the unanimous decision That's against there, the rules, surely. Uh, what what uh, do these forwards know? What do these forwards know? Well, let's just see what happens when we get to back row, because I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit of uh, this sort of sixes that play eights and vice versa. So um, yeah. he's not here. He can't defend himself, so we're not giving too much of a half time. But I think that's uh, four votes out of five, with Jack abstaining from this one. So three votes out of four, sorry, uh, for Max Badilly. Um So, yeah, he goes into the team of the season and uh, Gareth you'll kick us off with inside centres so th- this is really tough really tough for me um, I mean if you played more rugby Tompkins I mean it just will beat her uh, the first game that he who did he play against Jack when he arrived back first game Amptil maybe the first game I saw him was Amptil yeah yeah. He may, have, um, he may have played away before that yeah it was Donny mega was it Donny was yeah it? yeah yeah he played against us him versus Connor Edwards uh, Connor Edwards was a really interesting battle but uh yeah, hot. <laughs> Played very, very well. Certainly against against Amtel and Donny, uh, it's just class. But I don't think he's had enough game time in the champ to, to warrant it. So yeah. um, three that I want to throw out, uh, and I'm struggling actually in picking one of these. Williams at Hartbury has consistently been talked about in our team of the week. Maybe Dave will talk about him. Um, Barnes at Jersey, um, again, um, he's been, been in conversation every time. And... And a Donny man, um, but we've put one Evans in. I'm not sure it's another Welshman. Um, Edwards um, has just been unbelievable. He looks a real, little pocket rocket, maybe a little bit the Jack Roberts about him, who is still in the league. But um, yeah, it seems to be um, physical um, and, and run great line. I think he's been helped by Olver, but uh, yeah, looks um, looks many choices there. So I'm gonna probably gonna throw all the mixes in and not make a selection. Over to you, boys. I'm really glad you said um, Jimmy Williams, actually. I think he's had a brilliant season. Tell you, tell you who was on my, my shortlist, and I'm surprised you didn't mention him, was Oscar Hersky-Douglas. I just think he's, I just really think he's a classy operator. Um, he's quality, not had enough game time, injured most of the season. So uh, yeah. just came back for Doncaster, actually, away, yeah. and, um, and he had a great game. But yeah, not enough game time. Um, one is is Gordon at Dealing Trail Finders because he just gets proper go-forward ball. And I think... In terms of Max Badilly's uh, being a beneficiary of, of great work that, that Gordon's done. But then again, he hasn't played a lot of rugby. And in the tradition of massive game line 12s that seem to be quite fashionable, yeah. fashionable Jimmy Williams just bucks the trend. He's slotted in a 10 a couple of times, then moved back out. I, the, the 10, 12, 13 axis that Hartbury have got... Um, with Robbie Smith on the outside, he he was nearly a, a mention for my thirteen of the year. I think Robbie Smith's been brilliant, and then Josh Bragman at ten. Um, but it very much feel, feels like Jimmy Williams holds it all together. So I am very very happy to to thrust him forward into the twelve jersey for my nomination. Question uh, to Gareth: Has has Ruben Bertulloch played enough to to warrant selection here? Because what I have seen yeah. of him, he's some player. Yeah, he absolutely is. And he, he spent the first half of the season with us, um, signed for Elin and we said, no, thank you. No, that's not what happened. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, he's a really good kid, really good guy. Uh, certainly got magic about him again. Um, uh, yeah, he's been good. I just feel probably, yeah, only half a season didn't necessarily fully warrant it. And actually, you know, Oscar came back and we looked unbelievable again in a different, different kind of game. So, you know, Ruben would be more the Jimmy Williams. Um, Oscar's a bit more direct. Um, so, yeah, different option. Depends what we go with here, doesn't it? As Dave said, that's a really interesting thought about, you know, playmaker versus um, 
heavy crash ball man. So yeah, um, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't be he'd be up there as a player, but I would I would edge with Dave's Jimmy Williams actually if I'm on between the two. Uh, I like that as well. Williams was one of the ones that I'd shortlisted down. Connor Edwards has been um, fantastic for us since arriving on loan from Newport, signed for next season for Doncaster Knights. Mentioned Nick Tompkins as well, but um, and obviously uh, Gully's vote went with. Uh, Max Bedilly, who we've put at 13. So I think that uh, putting Jimmy Williams at 12, that, 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 um, that's unanimous. So I'm happy with that. Um, and we'll go to the other side on the wing. Can I just clarify, Mike? Mike, can I just clarify for our Welsh listeners, uh, Dragons rather than Newport, because otherwise it could be a riot. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, cause all kinds of problems. Newport went Dragons. Oh, it's terrible, Anna. Yeah. I'm sure, all three, of, I'm sure all, all three of them would have been very upset. Oh, come on. You're listening to the Championship Clubs podcast with me, Michael Casey, and Ben Gulliver. Check us out on social media at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'll kick us off with left wing then, uh, and I'm going to go a little bit boring with it, but I do also appreciate that we've got we've got over a third of the way through this team now. We've not mentioned a Saracens player, and I'm going to go Sean Maitland. <laughs> and um, look. He, Against us at Castle Park, superb. Um, obviously, he's, he's, as the season has gone on, he's just uh, just got better and better, showing his class. I know it's a little bit of a uh, there'll be some champ battlers that we'd like to maybe put in um, over them, just because of uh, you know that's the position that we're in. But uh, no, for me on the on the left hand side, I'm going with Maitland. Strong. Well, um, I good. I've seen that sort of Sean Maitland. He's played very very well, hasn't he? Um, everything you want really, and the Lion from 2017 and. Yeah, he's, he's he's looked really good. Uh, he wasn't on my list, though. I've got to say, um, I didn't. He hasn't. Um, he's done a lot well, but it just seemed to be overloaded in this in this jersey in the championship. I'm thinking uh, Ben Foley, James Cordy, Redding, uh, Jack Spittle. I'm surprised he maybe he hasn't played enough, but I, I, what I have seen of him, um, gosh, he is some talent, isn't he? Uh, but I would I would have put Ben Foley. Uh, ahead of James Cordy Redden for this one. But Dave, uh, Dave, over to you on that, I guess. Yeah, Ben Foley is um, is is on my list as well. I, I only saw him play once, so I don't think it's uh, we can nominate him. But did any of you guys see Joe Browning at Nottingham? He looks unbelievable yeah. talent. And he's 19. And I know he's dual reg, but every time he touched the ball... Heartbreak had a heart attack. He was he was serious. There's nothing nothing but, um, wrong with Jewel Reg, Dave. There's nothing wrong okay. with Jewel Reg. It's a great relationship. <laughs> Certainly is. And long may it continue. Um, but yeah, Ben Foley started the season with a lovely hat trick against uh, Richmond. Or at least I thought it was a lovely hat trick. But then on the reverse angle, the chip and chase was a massive shank. But just show it from the wide angle. It looked great. Um, he's pretty good over the ball as well. Plenty of turnovers. Had a bit of needle with his brother in the Donny game as well, which I'm all about. Um, and yeah, I just think he had a, I think he had a really good season. And you mentioned champ battlers there, Mike, and I think he's he's up there with the best of them. So I, I'm going to throw in a <laughs> bit of a curveball. So I'm I'm very very conscious of the hatred we're going to get from Saracens fans here at the moment. So I'm I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, good luck with that, Jack. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not going to uh, look Maitland's quality. We all know he wouldn't be my selection. Um, Cody Redden, I mean, bringing else's physicality, obviously brilliant. Um, 
But uh, and I'm, I'm I'm unsure about two Hartbury Hartbury uh, wide players or, or backs in there. So my choice, uh, and you can never have too many Williams in a team, can you, Dave? You never have too no. many Williams. Um, <laughs> no, you can't. And that is uh, at Jersey. Uh, he's been in our. I think he's been in the team of the week. Um, and I mean, he scores every time Jersey are playing. I mean, he scored a hat trick, I think, um, at one point this season. So um, Williams at Jersey is is my selection. Well, that leaves us with two Maitlands, two Foley's, and a Williams. <laughs> Williams it is then <laughs> gosh that, that um, yes. is tight yeah Gareth you, I guess is, you're going to have to have the deciding vote then As so it's Ben Foley or Sean Maitland and it's down to you oh gutted I should have got that Williams choice in earlier um, so uh, I I am going to I am going to go with the fans and uh, I think between the two you've got to go Maitland uh, no choice about that Maitland proven try scorer Great finisher and um, in defence, probably one of the best there is. So, um, yeah, Maitland, Maitland is my man then. There we go. Then on to fly half. I'll, I'll dive in first because I'm going to pick a Doncaster Knights player. Um, Sam Olver, I think he's been fantastic for us. I don't think he quite finished as the, the least top point scorer, but in terms of a sort of rejuvenated back line, um, I, th- I think Doncaster sides of past have always sort of been quite sturdy up front, but I think we've kind of, done really well with the, the the business that we've done out, out wide this year we've talked about the likes of uh of Connor Edwards playing well we've talked about how well the wingers have been involved with uh, both Jack Spittle and Kyle Evans this year and uh you know Sam's really pulled the strings with that within the group he's become a real senior player you know we've had we had a lot of sort of our our, our mainstay campaigners leave last season um we're gonna have more leave this time and uh Sam sort of stepped up and become sort of one of the, the one of the the bosses of the team and uh yeah so he's my choice with Craig Willis in second Funnily enough, I've got exactly the same things written down there. Sorry, Gareth. No, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't want to try and finish the discussion too early, but um, I have to admit, I think Olver's been unbelievable. There is, again, this chap called Farrell, um, who's who's not a bad player. Um, and obviously, Farrell was very aware of how good Olver was with the um, slightly late, slightly high shot. So uh, maybe he knew what Olver was going to be up against it. Maybe he knew. Uh, but my man would be Olver. Dave? Yeah, um, I unanimously Oliver. Um, I certainly don't think he's the only 10 who's had a good season. I think Josh Bragman has had his moments where he's just looked like the most remarkable talent. Some of the things that, that he can do. I think um, Cope has had quite a big part to play in, in sort of jerseys. Renaissance and, and obviously uh, Craig has had a great season at Ealing Trailfinders and they've scored an awful lot of tries. But yeah, Sam Oliver's just, just a quality championship fly half, isn't he? And he's so tough for, for yeah. one of the smallest guys on the pitch. The tackles he can put uh, in if, are unbelievable. If, if for the season, if they'd signed him earlier, uh, without trying to make this a Dragons 15, uh, Arwell Robson going down to Cornish Pirates. I mean, he changed their game. Um, looked unbelievable. So, um, yeah, they were up front. You know, Paves had done a great job with them uh, early on in the season, uh, as Saracens found out. But late on, uh, Robson seemed to get their bat line ticking. So if he'd been there longer, I think he could have challenged it. Yeah, certainly uh, spoilt for choice with uh, the, uh, the the fly house in the league. But Sam Albert gets the selection at 10 and we move to uh, to nine. And um, 
Go on, start us Could off. Could I then. Kick, kick, yeah. kick this off, Mike? Um, yeah. Just because I have a very long list for you all to, to kind of pour through. Um, Dolly at Nottingham. Um, it's just been revelation. Uh, kick to last minute goals. Beat us. Um, pretty painful, that one. Uh, but it's been great all year. Uh, Luke Jones at Richmond. Richmond deserve a mention there. I mean, another <laughs> Welsh sheep. Um, but uh, I think he pretty much runs that that back line and, and probably that forward pack as well. A real leader. Uh, Max Green at Jersey. Um I think coming from Bath, was he? Jewel, Jewel Reg just seems to have been, um, I mean, sniping at everything. I mean, great replacement for some of the talent that they've lost. Kieran Hardy, they they obviously lost uh, to Scarlet. Joe Snow coming on on a Jewel Reg from Exeter to Coventry. Uh, not an easy commute, uh, that one. So um, I think he's done very well up there. And then Ealing, um, Craig Hampson is, is just first class. But the embarrassing thing is to have Jordan Burns coming on for the last five minutes. Um, I mean, he just scores every week. I mean, the, talking about the playoffs, I just could not see why they did not gamble with Jordan Burns after 60 minutes just to do something because I think he'd been the quickest player on the Saracens team. I think he is the quickest player in the champ. So, uh, yeah, any, any scrimals in the league you've not mentioned? <laughs> yeah, Connor Tupai. If you want somebody to beat up your opposition nine, go with on. Go on then, lads. Uh, great we'll, tattoos. We'll pass over to you to um, uh, what, what have you got at Scrum Half for us? Well, one you didn't mention, Gareth, was Ala Davies, uh, Saracens. And had Maitland not been put in the side now, I, I, I'd i say this would be a great position for a, a, a Saracen to be in the side because he has, he, he's quietly been perhaps the most uh, influential player in the back line for, for Saracens. Um, he's just gone about his got better and better every game um started looking a little bit one dimensional but he was following a game plan he clearly takes instructions incredibly well for, for from Mark McCall he plays exactly the game McCall wants and plays it well and then only ever opens up when when the, the risk percentages are are massively weighed in his favor uh but when he does open up goodness me he's, he makes the right decision he holds players well he keeps the tempo high um he's been he's been brilliant Craig Hampson was my, was my other choice there um but I love to see the other names mentioned there, and maybe it's tough. Is it you know if there's a Nottingham player who could be in, is it at nine as well? So um, there's a lot of uh, opportunities here for for other players, other uh, other teams to be represented as well. So um, maybe it's not quite the right time for Alan Davies, but he's had a super season. This is difficult. I mean, with regards to Dolly, you've got to love a goal kicking nine. Into we're talking well about said. players who well make said. you feel a certain way. A goal kicking nine. Um, Joe Snow has been absolutely outstanding um, and, and has had the two scrum halves reeling trail funds. I mean, Burns, is he seven tries this season? All of them have come off the bench. Every single one of them have come off the bench. He is so quick. Um, but maybe this is where we do slot a Saracen in because Ali Davies, arguably the least fashionable um, of the, the Saracens' backline, and uh, you've seen more of them uh, than anybody this season, Jack, and that's that's quite high praise indeed. Yeah, um, so we've still got a, a wide cast to pick from here. Uh, I've, it's I've, actually got wider since Gareth named yeah, the, the only good news is the scrum half in the league. <laughs> Gully and I have gone with the same choice and he has been mentioned several times and it is He's gone with Dolly. We've gone with a Dolly. Um yeah, I, right. was, I was well impressed with uh, with Dolly at Castle Park final game of the season. I think he's obviously played quite a key role in those resurgent wins that they got um yeah. prior to prior to a very, very narrow defeat on the final day at Castle Park. 
um yeah and um i'd be interested to see how he progresses next season so are we are we happy with that alex dolly at uh, scrum half so is it alex or nick i always forget which one is he the scrum half for the uh alex brothers? Nine. They... nick's the uh yeah. the hooker isn't he who's obviously could be could be a mention later on um obviously switching mm. from coventry to to leicester having had a barnstorming start at butts park mm. um loose heads mm. um i'm not gonna ask you to kick us off gareth because i don't want 25 mentions so i'm gonna go to jack uh, this is one of my longer lists as well. Um, well, Bomber Hislop uh, has got to get a uh, mention first and foremost. Will Davis at uh, Ealing, been really impressed with. And Marlon Walker, who I've not seen enough of. I'll, I'll be honest, I, I just saw him against Saracens. And uh, so surely someone from the Pirates is going to be in the front row uh, for that match alone, where they just marmalised Saracens' scrum. Um but Marlon Walker also in that match put a shot in on Richard Barrington, which would have been a red card if it was in the Premiership. He wouldn't even have been reviewed. It would have been a straight red, but it, not that it was dangerous. It was just high. Um, but he put Richard Barrington down and it was just was waved to play on, you know. Uh, and, and that was, you know, what, what a big moment in the match as well in open play. And I, I was, yeah, I was, I was impressed with him that day. But I think of those lot, Bomber Hislop or Will Davis for me. Um, there's one name on my list, Bomber. Yeah, oh. I'll, uh, I'll obviously um, Bomber Hislop has been. It's what quite is his first odd. name? Robin. Robin. Um, yeah, I did. I did know that, but but why Bomber? Um, I believe is uh, it's a nickname that his father had, and it got passed to him. So um, it's you know it's it's been with him longer than uh, than I've known him. But I believe I believe that's the the, the root of it. But uh, yeah, look, Bomber's been superb at Castle Park for Doncaster Knights for ages, and I think every single year there was always speculation that he might have got a, a deal to the uh you know to the uh um the pro 12 as it might have been or the premiership and um didn't quite happen for whatever reason obviously his, his background prior to coming to championship rugby is very very strong um i don't actually think this year has been his strongest season in a night's shirt however yeah. when you've got a current championship player who has been called up into the his senior men's international side i do think it's hard to overlook him a little bit so i've gone um with bomber um but i am aware i'm quite biased Ooh. so I'll, I'll, uh, it seems like all my important picks i'm getting the last shot rather than the first so uh <laughs> i think um uh i absolutely agree it's very hard to go against somebody who's just been called up for scotland and been um announced to sign for wasps from the championship um however uh he did miss quite a bit of the season um he did miss quite a few games Games. Um, he also, I would say, was better the season prior. Um, so my vote, and also I, I, I can see the thought process of three Doncaster Knights already in this side. Um, so I, I, I think Vanapola, I mean, he transformed, you know, Saracens were going backwards at a rate of knots and the big guns arrived and suddenly they're obliterating every scrum. Our boys certainly felt it um, here. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think this is the time to call on a big gun. I think this is Mako Vanapola's shirt. Well, that makes That's it quite incredible. even. But Ben Gulliver has voted for Mako. So I think that we go with Vanapola at one. Uh, okay. There we go. Dave's not happy. Going back to my... <laughs> Going back to my list of players that I've made, like like players that you love to watch and make you make you feel something. How can you not feel anything but just heart bursting joy about a bloke who's become a dad, signed a prem contract, and got an international call up in the same couple of weeks, and he can't even get in the team of the year, Gareth. You're heartless. Mm. I, I, heart well, you're right. You're right. I am heartless. Uh, so, Bonapola. <laughs> I mean, what you know? What does he need to do? He's uh, he's unbelievable. Isn't he? I, I think he could play in the centres at most champ clubs. 
I don't think he's ever played for Scotland, though, has he? No, well, he's, he's played for that small nation, England, though. He's done all right. Done okay. I think, I think we need cold-hearted, you know, logical thinking, Dave, against me and you who are just going with what, whatever our hearts are telling us. You we, romantics. We need Wait till you hear that. my hookers. Wait till you hear my hookers. Um, yeah, it's a, that, it's a sentence he shouldn't repeat. <laughs> well, come on then, Dave. Let's see your hookers. Tell us a story about your hookers. Okay. Um, head, Moulton. Heart, Will Harling or Jack Musk. I think So, Sean Moulton is work rate's unbelievable. Great hands. He's scored a load of tries and he's just he's just non-stop. But I've seen Will play a couple of times. His performance against Trail Finders, he was just out of this world. He was in everybody's face. He scored a try. He was carrying. I don't think he missed a line out and he was just yeah, he was he was absolutely brilliant. And then Muskie at Richmond, physically their pack have struggled and he's quite a diminutive hooker, but his set piece is great and he's another one who just tackles and carries and commits to the breakdown. Like it, it sometimes feels as though the front row just isn't a place that you should be allowed in in senior rugby till you're about 33. And those two have just been out of this world this year. So honestly, I'd be so happy to put Will Holling in the team of the year, but I can't see you boys getting on board with it. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I think Moulton is, is, is yeah. class developed in the Championship or found in the Champ, if you like, uh, at Nottingham. Uh, I think I think he was. Um, but I thought Sunday probably didn't do him too many favours. Um, uh, and obviously a set piece probably struggled at line-out time a little bit. Um, two two wildcard calls. You've called one of them. Holling, uh, Donny actually has been unbelievable. Yeah. Maybe a year too soon before we pick him in this. I don't know. And another one, Sid Blackmore at Ampthill. Um, I mean, has pushed Dave Ward out of the side. I mean, he may say he was resting himself, but um, I'm telling you, he's definitely pushed him out. Um, but how can we look past Frost at Pirates, signing for Wasps? Um, started the season scoring hat-tricks for fun um, and incredible work rate around the park. I was going to um, put Frost forward as well as my only option. Uh, he He's just made of titanium, isn't he? And fast and signing for Wasps. I mean... I'm loath to pick lots of players that are then leaving the league for next season, but uh, he, des- he he deserves to have a shot at the big time, doesn't he? Yeah, it's been brilliant. I, I love listening to uh, Dave's rhetoric for his picks. I think they're fantastic. And I think Gareth, you hit the nail on the head there. Will Holling has been superb for this uh, for, for Doncaster Knights this season, came through and sort of dislodged Ben Hunter, who has been one of our standout performers for the last seven or eight years. And he is now sort of firmly... Uh, first choice hooker. Um, I think what Gareth said, maybe a year too soon. I have a, an, an ominous feeling that if we do this podcast again this time next year, we'll be talking about Will Holling in the team of the season because he's gone and signed a Prem deal, much like Dan Frost has done at Cornish Pirates, who is my pick in the hooker jersey and is also Ben Gulliver's pick. So we'll go with uh, Dan Frost as Saturday. I'm to overrule you on that one, Dave. Uh, tight head, interesting one here. Um, I've, I, I've gone Jay Tyke at Cornish Pirates. I think um, the, the Pirates scrum obviously earn all sorts of plaudits on day one, as did the whole Pirates squad for their uh, sensational win at, um, at the Manai against uh, against Saracens. When Pirates came to Castle Park, um, I think it was probably one of the most stern scrummaging tests um, the Knights packs faced. Uh, I know that there's eight of them in the scrum, but obviously the tight heads do generally take the... Uh, uh, the plaudits for the good work from from that element of the set piece. So uh, I've gone with uh, with Tyek as my choice at tight head. Yeah, I'd jump in and follow that. I, I, pretty hard to um, ignore and fight that one. Signed at Worcester, uh, already gone there as well. Um, and I think, yeah, for me, probably Jay uh, Tyek would win it. But 
Uh, Miller Mills, um, rumours of him um, obviously disappearing to the Prem um, in the summer as well. Uh, not really sure what's happened, what was kind of falling out of love or favour down at Ealing a little bit because um started the season uh, very strong. Um, and we cannot not mention this man. And believe me, I don't want to throw Amptel players in there uh, as a blue man, but Aleki Latui. I mean, so Dave, Dave's got to have some rhetoric for him. I mean, if, if there's a man who can make you fall in love with a front row, it's Aleki Latui. It, it just is. I mean, what is he, 58 now, is he or something? I think. Uh, <laughs> He's just unbelievable. But uh, Jay Tyre would get my vote. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go with uh, with Tyre. I think um, Thede at Trail Finders has done well and he's come in for, for Miller Mills, who's not played a heck of a lot of rugby. But I usually get a rollick in for this because then he doesn't uh, appear there at the start of next season. But I think, is it Wasps that uh, that Miller Mills has, has gone to? Yeah, we're yeah. trying to be, be careful, Dave. You know, we're just, you know, doing our party lines, you know. But you say to... what you want. You say what all you I'm, want. Please do. All I'm doing is trying to make you feel something. All right? <laughs> um, yeah. Before I get in any more trouble, let's go to Tyak. Yeah, let's go with Tyak. <laughs> It sounds like it's a done deal. Uh, Aleki Yatui was my was my option because how could you not? He's forty two. He's forty two. Um, and... No, he's not. He's Tongan. He's 60, 20, 62, Is he sixty seven? I don't know. Whatever he is, he's Tongan. I, I wrote an article recently about a match that took place in two thousand and four. Aleki Latui was playing. Um, for the Bay of Plenty in those days. And he already had about 12 Tongan caps. This was <laughs> 17 years ago. <laughs> it, it, was that in your role as deputy editor of the Rugby Journal, Jack? That, that was, I was actually wasn't going to mention it because uh, I, I, you know, this is a, this is a podcast um, where, you know, other magazines are available. So, you know, thank you for mentioning Dave, but there we go. But yeah, um, Latou, I mean, he's Latou. We're overlooking Latoui for, for, for Tyak. So, geez, he must have had a good season. <laughs> uh, ben Gulliver throwing his weight behind uh, Jay Tyak as well. So that is the front row complete. Uh, second row and Gully would get upset with us for doing this one, lumping them in together because he tells us how different it is playing four from playing five and the nuances between <laughs> being the line-out tactician and being the, the squad's bully are are pretty pretty um serious and considerable but um I'm he always I'm... played um 19 gully 19 is, <laughs> is normally his his favorite his favorite stop it now so for me i'm um, <laughs> i've got a handful of suggestions um that we could go through at second row um danny cutmore cornish pirates been very impressed with had a real breakout season Matt Challen at doncaster knights has been superb for us for the last 10 years and uh, again you know evergreen at 37 Bobby Dewey, since arriving from South Africa, has been uh, a real, real presence for the uh, for the Ealing Trail Finders. And I mean, I, I don't think we can not mention him. And I mean, at Castle Park, he was a force of nature. And pretty much every single game I've seen of Saracens since he's played, he's been a force of nature. Mara Toji, um, just, you know, how good, um, with, whilst being a little unoriginal. Um, so, I'll throw, Jack, I'll throw to you um, and see that that was four selections from me. We need to whittle down to two but what have you got in the uh, in in the boiler room oh, yeah uh there's a lot of options aren't there is maratoji so good and so a shoo-in if ever there was a shoo-in he he would be in this team let's let's be honest wouldn't he he'd be in this team before any of us had even actually written a name he would have been the first name in the dream team for the championship he's taken it to, to his stride he scored after four minutes on his championship debut um and just hasn't stopped being maratoje in any game since then so he he is in it but you know it's it, there's so many other uh, players as well um and 
So, so the other name I want to throw in the mix, by the way, Tim Swinson at Saracens, who when the two reasons for that, because he was immense uh, at the weekend against um, against Ealing, cutting lines. You know, he's a, he's an old stager as well now, um, but being a nuisance everywhere. But when Saracens lost to the Pirates at the Monet, he was probably the only Saracens player to come out with credit. Um, and he played well. He, he he really got down with the Pirates and and took them on as they took Saracens on and was was actually emerged with credit. And I think I think Mark McCall has remembered that. And I think he's he's you know Swinson's selection on Saturday entirely justified. It was partly to do, in my opinion, with that first match of the season because he was so good then. Um, so I would almost put Swinson uh, in there or, or for that angle. I've also talked about Char- Charlie Beckett um, for for Amt Hill, and I had Bobby DeVee uh, completely. Uh, yeah, he, he had a good ding dong, didn't he, with some of the Saracens players at the weekend? He was he was trying to get into the faces of everyone. Him and Farrell had a, a few smiles at each other, and <laughs> it doesn't matter to him, Farrell, does it? it? Doesn't matter that Bobby DeVee six foot five. Um, he he, uh, he he likes them as big as as big as they can be to take people on. Does that help? Not really. Kind Not of. Uh, we'll, get, we're, we're getting a picture. Um, feel to add to it, yeah. Gareth or Dave. I, uh, think, uh, I, think I, said on, I think I said on commentary that the worst injury that Bobby DeVee could get in the season would be losing his voice. Um, <laughs> it just does not stop throughout. Um, two more names, although these might be more left-field selections, but I think they've had such good seasons that, that they deserve at least recognition in the conversation, is Dale Lemon down at Hartbury in his first season of Championship Rugby. I think he's been exceptional. And uh, Freddie Hoskin, the master tactitianer down there at, uh, at Richmond, uh, running the line out, uh, Ian Kench's line out there. I think the two of them have, uh, have had brilliant seasons relatively early in their, their championship careers, comparatively. And, you know, you're talking about gargantuan figures there. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Chell, Mike, obviously Bobby DeVee and, and Marrow would be the obvious choices. But I think those two could could slot into pretty much any team in the champ and, uh, and enhance the offering up front. Yeah, I'll, I'll chip in with, a, uh, similar to Dave, to, to talk about the more left field. I mean, actually, we we had Lewis Bean from uh, Northampton Saints this season until he got injured at Doncaster. I mean, um, absolute warrior. I mean, he's been on the front line in, uh, in wars for the army. So uh, uh, it, it was nothing playing at the championship coalface to him. Um, hard as you like, did his job. Will Carrick-Smith, probably in, in many ways, the championship's most improved player. Uh, I know nobody wants that award. Will will hate me saying that. But year on year, he's got better. Six foot ten, he's not uh, not born for getting around the park, and yet he's got better and better every year. Um, but championship warrior Matt Challenger, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, he is everything the championship is, and just such a good bloke. But I'm sorry to say, four and five, we have to go with the obvious, Atoje and Dewey. Um, I mean, they're just just animals, aren't they? I mean, um, as a very very poor village level scrum half, um, I think I would be running back into the sheds if I saw those two um on either side so um yeah for me we have to go with the obvious I think at least thank you for making a decision there <laughs> i think that it, it is the obvious isn't it it is yeah it is Mike? Uh, that's also the way that... No, no, sorry. So Gully's gone, Itoje and Cutmore. Um, but given that Bobby Dewey has been mentioned by us all, um, I think that... And, and the fact that we're not that Ealing and Saracens heavy as we go into the final three positions of this 15. Um, yeah, well done, Gareth, for making that decision. Um, some honourable mentions across the place there. We can just pick two 
two uh, two slots. So we go into the back row. Um, this is where I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing a bit of positional shifting. Um, and I'm actually going to start off at, at six with uh, two players that have really impressed me this season. And they are my only two Amptil selections. Now, I think normally these two line up with Alex Humphrey playing at six and Sam Hudson at eight. But the competition at number eight, I think, in the league is so high. I've gone with both of them as my selection at six. And they're my only picks at six. Um, uh, Alex Humphrey against Hudson. Donkey. Hudson's played more more seven. Uh, Abano has been there there right, eight. Okay. And Christ, okay. he is a heavy duty old boy yeah. himself. Well, I will stick then with my pick at six. Just the one, the Alex Humphrey. Uh, this is really tough. This is really tough. Uh, back row. I mean, look, I think Caulfield down at Pirates, who's played second row actually a few times, but um, started off the season unbelievable. Uh, former Exeter Chiefs guy. Uh, I think he's been great. Uh, Jersey drafted in another Worcester Warrior, Joel Reg Williams. Uh, we like that surname, don't we? Um, he he was unbelievable. And um, Peters, Adam Peters at Coventry, who flies under the radar, but um, yeah, had a, towards the end was was having man of the match performances back to back in a very strong. Coventry back row um, yeah I'm struggling we've had Ollie Newman who's been just exceptional uh, I think he's a real force for the future um, so I, I'm, I'm struggling I'll be really interested in Jack and Dave's views here um, what you can bring up I had Coldfield on my list as well I think he's I think he started all their fixtures this year either at six or in the second row and there aren't many players who've uh, who've managed to do that I only saw him play um, a few times, but George Cox at Nottingham just put his face in front of everything. Guy was, yeah, he was, he was absolutely brutal. Uh, Kieran Murphy at Trailfinders. That the the six jersey has kind of been a revolving door there, but every time he's had the opportunity, he's played himself into the team. And he was trusted to play six at the weekend. Obviously, it didn't go it didn't go particularly well, but I think he wasn't the favourite six at the start of the year. And he sort of played himself into that jersey, which in that Ealing team, I think um, I think goes goes a long way. But uh, but like you, Mike, I think Humphreys had a great year. So I'd be I'd be happy to add my vote to yours in the sixth jersey. I think Kieran Murphy has played well, Dave. You're, you're right. Humphrey was my first pick. Uh, just again for how he played against Saracens, he 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 took yeah he took himself into a sort of different realm and, and just fired himself at Saracens players. I mean, he got some of them wrong actually, and um, you know on another day he could have got a red card. But he's not. He's a very tall lad, isn't he? I think he's actually got Welsh. You know, he's got Welsh, uh, he, bit of Welsh. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. So he's his in. His frame is a bit slender, but he can he can knock those shoulders about for sure. Yeah, he's been good. Um, well, that's that's three votes then for Alex Humphrey, um, Ben Gulliver picking Peters as well at Coventry. Um, so I think that's an honourable mention there in second. But um, yeah, three votes. Alex Humphrey from Amptill gets the vote at blindside. So just two more positions left to pick. And I could imagine these will be just as competitive of the rest. I, I've sat and thought about several options at seven and at eight. Um, Dave, I, I love listening to what your reason is for who you're picking. So who have you got at open side flanker? Oh. I, I'm not sure if that was a thinly veiled dig or not, Mike. <laughs> it wasn't. I want you to get in there first and uh, I want you to convince me and not get overturned because you say you come out with these romantic reasons for players that have played or have a fantastic backstory then unfortunately cold hard logic gets in the way of the of the, the decisions process and it's, it's a shame, but uh, try again. <laughs> got, I've got two here. One is, one is realistic and one is fanciful. Um, the fanciful one is Max Clementson at Hartbury, who again wasn't the favourite seven. Um, they went with a much bigger, more physical back row. 
Then when he got the opportunity to play, he was man of the match against Nottingham and scored the winning try. Brilliant over the ball. Again, quite a diminutive figure. He's, I'm sure he'd tell me he was taller, but he's about five foot eight and probably 80 kilos. And he's just just a proper dog of a seven. And he joined me on co-commentary a few times and he was excellent at that too. Um, so he is my put it out there and see what happens. Um, but in terms of the team of the year, very, very different open side. But Zokwe and Ealing Trailfinders, again, he missed the first couple of games uh, with an injury. As soon as he came in, scored tries, absolutely smashes blokes. God, he carries hard. Um, and he's he's everywhere. It's like he's got three lungs. Um, not a not a proper over the ball seven, but in terms of somebody who's who's there all the time when you need him and can either make a tackle or take a carry and make life easier for everyone else. I think Zokwe is my outstanding seven this year. I'll I'll, I'll follow Mike if you want. Um, yeah, I mean I'm, I love Dave's choices, but but agree with neither. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we did put Clemenson in for, for team of the week one week uh, when he had a I deservedly think, so. Um, yes, he, <laughs> he was he was brilliant. But uh, but but my choices, uh, I get get Mike off the uh, off promoting Donny every time. Uh, Sam Graham um, is um, has been unbelievable. Definitely a, a, a good choice. Is it Sean Rafael? Sorry, Saracens. I mean, he's been he's been outstanding. But I'm gonna I've been very quiet on the Bedford Blues uh, agenda. Uh, uh, hopefully, Mike will take the opportunity to do the opposite as I did for Graham. But Joe Atkinson, I mean, he's quicker than most wingers. Uh, he scored some unbelievable tries. Um, uh, and if if you like it, Dave, he's just a, he's just become a dad. So we've got some oh, in there. Magic. Yeah, get him in. Get him. Give him a pay rise. What have you got for us, Jack? Yeah, I. To start from the from the back with uh, Zokwe, if you're keeping Guy Thompson on the bench, uh, you're an incredible yeah. player, aren't you? And and because Guy Thompson has, has played well when he when uh, when he comes on, he always does. Um, sat an interesting season off to Jersey. That's a, that's an interesting move. That's that's great to see him going back there. Sam Graham, I agree with. I haven't seen enough of him, but what I have seen of him, he's been really impressive and uh, a former chef as well, isn't he? I think so. A uh, nice, nice personal backstory to him getting back into rugby. He's been very good. Uh, yeah, and I, Joe's a farmer. Him. If it helps, Jack. Okay, Joe's a farmer. If Joe's that helps, that's his right, story. Yeah, yeah that does he's help. Been working. Just want you to know his backstory. You know, so it helps. I would say Sean Rafael has been good from Saracens. I think he hasn't played enough uh, to to be in there. Jackson Ray has probably played much a bit more at seven, and he's been really good. He's uh, had a four child lockdown. Um, he's been locked down with four children. He's, he's survived that. He says so. Um, you know, I thought, he's you, done... I thought you meant he had four children during lockdown. That would have been something. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a long time, mate. So, but I, I think not quite as good as as, as Joe Atkinson has been. Uh, completely agree. Yeah, and also he's physical as well. For he's really physical. He can arm strength. He can knock you over. Arm strength. Yeah. yeah, so Joe Atkinson would be my call for seven as well. Yeah, um, I, I put three down. Sam Graham, I'm aware, totally biased. Um, Scoop, players player and coaches player of the season here at, at Donny. Um, signed from Bristol, been, been superb. Delighted that we've got him back for next season. Um, the other per- player that I, we've not talked about was uh, Senatiki Nayalu, who's obviously had a fantastic season at Cov. Um, particularly second half of the season, seeing more and more reports and seeing bits and the highlights about how well he's gone. But yeah, Joe Atkinson, um, 
I've also, you know, he's, he's been class all season long. He's been talked about as a as a leading performer every single time that we've done the review of the week on this show and in the show notes going into it as well. Um, Gully's put forward Joe Bursis. I think they're friends, aren't they? I don't know if that's uh, <laughs> is a legit, but not, nothing against uh, Joe Bursis, who is a fantastic player. Um, but I think with three mentions there, I think uh, Atkinson takes it. Delighted. Final position of the team then, and we have done well. We, we, we've dragged this selection out over to, I imagine if we were in charge of the Lions, it would be a four-week uh, selection process alone, <laughs> never mind a tour. So I'm just going to dive sure. in with this one. And I think um, I think that this might be unanimous because, of, well, even if we're just talking statistically, um, and I know that we've got two guys that have seen quite a lot of Ealing this year, but Rain Smith, like... Um, in fact, I'll start off and say Rain Smid, and I'll let you three okay. present your arguments against I'm gonna, that pick. I'm I'm going to fight early so that uh, we we can see where we go with it. Uh, I think Smith has obviously been fantastic, um, but when I'm looking down my lineup and I'm missing this club, and for me, he is the talisman of this club and a definite Premiership quality player. Has been there before, Ryan Burrows. He, uh, I will fight for that one. Uh, if you go toe to toe, Smith and Burrows, I'm backing Burrows. I'm backing him. I think he is Ooh. unbelievable. I'd back Buzz in a phone box. On a rugby pitch, I'm not like. Anyway, gents, what <laughs> yeah. we got? I also had Rain Smith. I thought uh, your man Guido Volpi was uh, worth an honourable mention, particularly in the Trailfinders game. I thought he was outstanding. Um, but yeah, but Rain Smith is just a Rolls Royce, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, we haven't got a cov player in the team, and I, I feel like. Should we be swayed by that? Ryan Burrows, it's a bit of impressive case put forward. But I, I also I also agree with Dave and he is he is a Rolls Royce. He's playing behind a, a ridiculously dominant pack. Uh, and yes. that says a lot. But how could is that he... Jack, is that is that not something that should be taken into consideration? You know, Smith on the back of a a Rolls Royce yeah. pack as opposed to Burrows on a pack that has um you know sometimes gone backwards. Uh Burrows as a championship player, this is the champ we're looking after, you know, leads many years. I think he was um, Rotherham developed Dinnington Mike I think yeah this is um, the team of the year not the team of the last decade yeah well you wouldn't you wouldn't be here otherwise Dave <laughs> I'll be here for long anyway I've got to get to Grace Road I'm working in half an hour <laughs> Um, Mike Burrows it is then is that what you said Dick? well Gully's <laughs> Gully's got down Rain Smith as well so unfortunately oh. I think the I, I do yeah. think it is completely unjust on the season that they've had that Coventry don't have a player and I do think they've had several players that would be deserving and I think that they've performed well enough as a team to have several candidates but if we've gone each individual position on his merit I think we go Rain Smith here with four out of five people voting for him and the rest of the positions are as they are so do we just have to uh, tell Coventry we still can we, can we name a bench Mike uh, not just now like not on all, the podcast I'd just like all the Coventry supporters to have note that I had Joe Snow and Louis Brown in my 15 <laughs> so it, it's, it's here in fact there you go yeah Again, what's that in your in your blind in your mirror there Dave in your mirror I think I can see Ryan Burrows heading your way just behind you <laughs> be careful be careful in fairness, we haven't selected a jersey player either, have we? No. All right, Jack, don't start this. We'll be walking back <laughs> to the team. Right? Ladies I and gentlemen, Williams. that has been I your championship t- podcast team of the season from 15 
To eight, we've got Rich Lane, Kyle Evans, Max Badilly, Jimmy Williams, Sean Maitland, Sam Oliver, Alex Dolly, Mako Bonapola, Dan Frost, Jay Tyke, Maratoji, Bobby DeWee, Alex Humphrey, Joe Atkinson, and Rain Smith. If you do disagree, we are at Champ Clubs Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Gents, thank you very much for your time this season. Jack and Dave, thank you very much for your services to the live streaming. Gareth, cheers for coming. Um, we will see you all again very soon and I uh, hope everyone's going to enjoy the second leg of the playoffs this weekend. Thank you, Jeds. That was the Championship Club podcast with Michael Casey and Ben Gulliver. Check us out on social media at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter and subscribe and like our YouTube channel.